Welcome to the latest episode of our series, Hard Truths. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Last season, we unpacked the effects of systemic racism in the U.S. and told you stories about how this shows up in the lives of people of color, from voting to higher education to the criminal justice system and beyond. This season, we're looking at solutions and how cities across the country are tackling these problems. Today, we're headed to Philadelphia, a city that's taking a novel approach to lowering its high rate of evictions, especially among Black renters. It's a pandemic-era program that requires landlords and tenants on the verge of an eviction filing to sit down together and come to an agreement before ever entering a courtroom. So far, most landlords and tenants in the city have been happy with the results. Nationwide, Black Americans make up 20% of renters, but represent about one-third of the people who receive eviction filings. That's according to the Eviction Lab at Princeton University. Experts point to discriminatory housing practices, including redlining, as reasons Black residents are less likely to be homeowners and are more vulnerable to evictions. Evictions have a cost well beyond the immediate impact on tenants. Here's a breakdown by the numbers. In August 2021, when the federal eviction moratorium ended, 4.2 million adults were at risk of eviction. At the time, the Urban Institute estimated it would cost landlords across the country as much as $11.3 billion to evict all those people. For tenants, the cost is an estimated $11.6 billion. And those effects ripple out to the cities that house them. A recent study from the Department of Housing and Urban Development estimates emergency shelter costs in the community are around $5,000 per family per month. That's why Philadelphia rolled out its eviction diversion program two years ago. Here's how it works. If a landlord wants to evict a tenant, they first have to apply for a mediation appointment through the city's website. Once the request is approved, a mediation session between the landlord, tenant, and a volunteer with a local nonprofit is scheduled within 30 days. The tenants also assigned a housing counselor that helps them understand the process, their rights, and their own finances. Mediation sessions are conducted over the phone, and the goal is that by the end, both parties will come to an agreement, either to repay the rent that's been missed or leave the unit with no official eviction filing on record. That matters, because an eviction filing on someone's credit history can follow them for years, making it harder for people to rent or eventually buy a home, even if the filing never ended up in an actual eviction. Combined with help from federal rental assistance programs and eviction moratoriums, about 90% of potential evictions were avoided in the first year of the Philadelphia program. Mafia Robinson is one of the thousands of people in Philadelphia who were helped by this program. In November of last year, Robinson moved to a three-bedroom apartment in Roxborough, a suburban neighborhood in Philadelphia. The COVID pandemic had left her and her kids with limited choices for affordable housing. Maybe I shouldn't have moved somewhere so expensive, but it was very hard to find a place to stay. I just, you know, I wanted to take my kids somewhere where I know there's there was safety. Three months into her lease, she lost her job as a home health aide and then her roommate. With two kids, one 10 years old, the other a four-month-old baby, Robinson started falling behind on rent. And she started making plans for what she knew was coming. I did panic in the beginning. I did. I actually had created a GoFundMe uh, because I didn't know 
I just didn't want to be behind. I just don't like that feeling. Robinson told her landlord she was struggling to make rent. And by March, about two months later, she and her landlord had gone through the mediation process and agreed on a repayment plan. The result was on top of her usual rent of $2,175. She started paying $400 to make up for the missed rent payments of the past few months. Because that's what I needed. I needed a, a fresh start because trying to catch up was, it was hard. It seemed like I was never catching up and I was always, you know, falling short. So what that did was it allowed me to give me some time to build some money, to save some money so that I can start off fresh with a new rent payment in the beginning of April. We were introduced to Mafia through Axios Philadelphia reporter Taylor Allen. She's been reporting on Philadelphia's eviction diversion program since it started more than two years ago. Hey, Taylor. Hi. So, Taylor, before this program, Philadelphia historically has been one of the cities with the highest eviction rates in the country. Can you tell us more about what the scope of this looked like before the pandemic? Before the pandemic, Philadelphia was evicting roughly anywhere between 19 to 20,000 people per year. And also when it comes to evictions in Philadelphia, they disproportionately impact Black single mothers specifically. It is very well documented that this is a problem and a racial equity issue. And so the city's eviction diversion program started in September 2020. Has it worked? Yes, um, objectively, at least like the first year. You know, we we're talking about 20,000 evictions each year to at least zero in the first year. Granted, you have to think about federal moratoriums in that time. You have to think about the ban on lockouts. You know, there was a lot of COVID housing protections for, you know, good reason. So yes, it has been beneficial, but at least parsing together like how much was dedicated strictly because of the program, that's a little hard to discover at this point. That being said, without considering the cases that are still mediating past the required 30 days, the success rate of actually reaching an agreement is actually 67%. And that's between January and May of this year. We've been talking about this from the perspective of tenants, but of course, the other side of this is landlords. And you've also been speaking to landlords about this. And one landlord you talked to, Kyle Hong Ping, said he actually loves this program. Why did he say that? He says he basically doesn't want to ruin people's lives. He understands the hardship that people can experience. Housing insecurity is not something most people want or wish for. So he was just saying it's a more human way to deal with someone experiencing hardship. It enables tenants to come to the table in a very neutral setting, propose their own payment plans because they, they're the only ones who know kind of like their financial situation and have advocates for them that's able to explain to them the entire process. There definitely is quite a few landlords that are concerned about the future of how this is going to work, especially with the absence of rental assistance. The U.S. government on the federal level, especially when the pandemic was first starting, invested a lot of money in rental assistance to states and cities it really helped the eviction diversion program because it helped funnel that to people in need. And obviously that helped the tenants stay in their places, but it also alleviated pressure on the landlords to get some kind of income so they can actually pay their mortgage. A lot of landlords, this is their primary income, but that has since almost completely depleted. There's a lot of hesitancy, I should say, of like, well, what's the future of this? It doesn't have adequate funding in the future if there's not more rental assistance coming. Um, and quite frankly, 
landlords who have property and mortgages that needs to be paid, they don't really want to hear about uncertainty. Taylor Allen is a reporter with Axios Philadelphia. Thanks, Taylor. Thank you so much. After the break, how the pandemic disrupted evictions across the country and what's ahead. Welcome back to Hard Truths. I'm Nyla Boodoo. We started this episode talking about how much Black tenants are disproportionately affected by evictions. That's true nationally and in Philadelphia. The eviction lab at Princeton University has been tracking eviction trends before the pandemic and the surprising shift that happened because of COVID-era programs like Philadelphia's. Carl Groshenson is a project director at the eviction lab, and he's joining us now with the big picture. Hi, Carl. Hi, Nyla. On this Hard Truth series, we look at different issues of systemic racism. We've talked about systemic racism in housing, particularly when it comes to home buying. What does systemic racism look like on the eviction front? You know, something that we see is that very consistently, the communities with the highest rates of eviction are the most segregated Black neighborhoods in this country. That's consistent across regions, across urban and rural communities. And I tend to think of it as they're just being sort of dual housing markets, dual legal regimes, where the kinds of renters and and housing units and landlords who are operating in these highly segregated neighborhoods, they're operating by different rules uh, than the rest of the housing market. And when I say, you know, by different rules, not formally, I mean, formally, you know, these neighborhoods are covered by the same legal protections as anyone else. But the way that these housing markets operate, you know, it's it's like a completely different system. So for those of us who aren't in that system, what do we need to know about these different roles? One way you can look at it is when your landlord comes and maybe informally communicates to you that they'd like you to leave, uh, or maybe just as soon as they uh, issue their first eviction notice, as soon as they issue an eviction filing, maybe before anything even shows up at court, you up and leave, right? So you develop this equilibrium where the landlords are going to file more aggressively to try to remove tenants or even just discipline tenants that they're having problems with. And on the other hand, these tenants have become so accustomed to this that they are not going to reach out for all of the resources that tenants in other situations you know, might avail themselves of. And so then how unusual is it a program like Philadelphia, the eviction diversion program that has had some statistically significant success? I think one reason Philadelphia did so well in the pandemic was that they were laying the groundwork to increase housing security in the city before everything that happened in 2020 happened. And as far as I know, Philadelphia is unique in having a mandatory diversion program. So there's other cities where maybe when you show up at court, there's like... Uh, a table set up outside uh, the room where they're going to hear housing cases and a legal aid volunteer is going to encourage the parties to come and and see if they can reach an agreement in order for an eviction diversion program to be effective and and the kind of scale that we need it to. um, Ideally, you need both carrots and sticks. And Philadelphia making the program mandatory, I I think, accounts for a lot of how it's able to demonstrate the numbers of of households that it's helped compared to any of these other programs. Is that what's necessary to move the needle on evictions? It's one. 
of the things that are necessary. You know, I always want to stress what a diversity of landlords there are um, in anywhere, but, you know, especially in a major city like Philadelphia that has high income neighborhoods, middle neighborhoods, low income neighborhoods. And then even within those neighborhoods, there's a lot of variation in landlord behavior. We can show that there are some buildings that account for almost like 10% of evictions that are filed in this city. And they rent to similar tenants as, you know, maybe a building on the other end of the neighborhood that actually files against very few people, right? So there are lots of landlords who, as far as we can tell, are doing a great job, are are stand-up members of the community. But there are also landlords that are engaging in what look like really exploitative practices. And these are landlords that we need to change the legal power relations between them and their tenants in order to create a healthier equilibrium for, for everyone involved in the housing world. Carl Gershenson is the project director of the Eviction Lab at Princeton University and joining us from Philadelphia. Thanks, Carl. Thank you so much. Most pandemic-era programs that slowed evictions across the country have ended, but the Philadelphia eviction diversion is still in effect. And Philadelphia's eviction rates are about 30 percent below pre-pandemic levels. But the future of the program is uncertain. It's likely to last this year, but unless it gets enough buy-in and votes from the city council, it will no longer be a requirement for landlords and tenants. The very thing experts say is what made it such a success. This episode was produced by Nuria Marquez-Martinez and edited by Alexandra Boti. Alex Sugiyara is our sound engineer. Special thanks to our editor-in-chief, Sarah kehilani Gu and Axios Philadelphia reporter, Taylor Allen. We've got so much more about how people are tackling systemic racism in housing, including some of Taylor's stories, at Axios.com. You can always tell us what you think by texting me at 202-918-4893, or you can find me on Twitter. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we're back with the news on Monday.